Welcome everyone to another episode of the Heat vs. World Podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can follow me at Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. So first, I got Miami Clutch PE. Say what's up to the people, Clutch. What's up, everybody? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Looks like we're on the right track again. Let's get it, guys. And then following him, we got Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy. What's up, guys? Jimmy Buckets here. Follow me on Twitter, Jimmy Buckets with four Z's. And then another special guest. He's also a podcast person himself. He runs his own pod called In The Lane. You can catch it everywhere. It's also here on Anchor. Uh, welcome and say what's up to the people, uh, Mr. Tony Schwartz. Yo, what's going on? Heat versus the lane tonight. I love it. Yo, my name is uh, Twisted Tapioca. Uh, that's Twisted Tapioca, all one word. You can find me on Twitter, and my In the Lane podcast is right there for you, baby. So without further ado, let's get started. So tonight was a great night for many reasons, but let's first start off with the game itself. So to those who missed it for whatever reason, the Heat went out and they took a big W against Houston. What are y'all thoughts? We'll start with you, Clutch. Man, there's no other way to start it. Jimmy finally got his triple-double. Yes! Finally! It's finally. about time. Words of LeBron. <laughs> it's about time. He's been flirting with a triple-double, I think, every single game since he came back from COVID. And it's been... So frustrating to me as a fan because I'm a fan. You want to see the triple doubles? It, he finally got it. We're here, baby. We're here. Can't the wait other, to retweet that stat muse post. Eventually, it's going to come out for sure. <laughs> for sure. Finally, and finally. Aside from that, you know, Max Struess gave us really, really good minutes. Yeah. Twenty-one points on in twenty-five minutes played. Very efficient. Duncan seems to be fighting his, his groove back a little bit, hit four threes, five threes, actually. So I think it's a good problem to have when people say he's not doing enough and he, he just hit five three-pointers. So I'm, I'm happy with that. His progress, he's coming back into his zone. And it's fine. Bam, Bam was the struggle point today. Like, he sure, he he was flirting with a triple-double, surprisingly. He, he was actually flirting with a quadruple-double, if you count turnovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was getting to. He had 10 points, which is a way below average offensive game for him. But he had he had his 13 rebounds, 8 assists, but there's the 7 turnovers, which were yikes. He, he just kept trying to bump into the bigger people, and just the ball kept flying out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So, tough game from Bam. But it's Bam. I'm sure us as fans were. We can understand that this happens, and he'll he'll be back. He'll be back having a good game next game. Mm-hmm. Right. And Bam then- played good. I mean, he didn't play bad. He he hustled. He hustled his ass off. Uh, I mean, on like loose balls, rebounds. He was there. If there was a if there was a ball coming off the rim, Bam was was there when he should be. I mean, granted, Houston is a very, very small team, very small, especially if Cousins isn't on the floor. But Bam played good. Uh, I really, I love Jimmy, man. I, I wish, I really feel bad for Jimmy because he's my favorite player. Like he's my favorite player in the NBA. He's my favorite player in basketball of all time. Like that's my dude. I love Jimmy. Like I just love 
what he stands for, how hard he works. And I just wish we would get him what he needs to succeed. Just for him, like, because I don't, I don't want to waste his prime running around with a bunch of, like, borderline G, G League players and stuff. So I just want to see us make some moves and get him at least some help so he won't have to work as hard and so we can win more games and mm-hmm. do better, do better. As we go through, like, the box score tonight, everybody filled it up. I think this is the first time that uh, we've had three double-digit rebounders, and they were all our bigs. So Kelly, uh, Bam, and Jimmy, if you want to count them as a, a wing. That's awesome. Uh, this uh, Kelly being a plus 11 tonight and actually staying on the floor was amazing. Um, it, w- it just was a bad shooting night from Bam. I mean, other than that, he played pretty okay. That's the thing about Bam and Duncan that the, that the fan base doesn't quite seem like – tolerable with is these guys are held to superstar expectation which in duncan robinson's uh respect makes no sense to me um but they're held to these superstar expectations they put up pretty good games and uh we look at them as down games which i think is a good problem to have right duncan was plus 14 tonight on 15 points uh 5 of 11 shooting i mean for most players in the nba that could be a career shooting night uh duncan played pretty well um, it filled up the box score in other ways, too. Um, Andre Godala had some really good minutes tonight. He was a plus nine out there. Kelly was a plus 11. I mean, I love this game, personally. I was going nuts. We got a Struce posterizer dunk. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. We that got so, like a bunch of little heat culture moments that were really good. People were trying to take charges. Jimmy took a charge, I think, at one point, which is yeah. always great to see if you're max player. Um, it was just a fun ass game, man. I really liked it. Hey, how long till we start hearing that Struz is sneaky athletic? It's already happened for <laughs> sure. It's absolutely happened. Somebody said Struz is sneaky athletic. We know we're on the next Alex Caruso. Hey, our, our our favorite player Kendrick Nunn didn't do bad either. He had he had four steals and like fifteen or sixteen points, some rebounds, some assists. Kendrick Nunn, uh, he, he filled the stats sheet tonight. Filled right. it up. Yeah, As the he, president of the, you know, of the Kendrick Nunn hate club, I got to give him his props. Yeah, he played. Mm-hmm. He played good. He's played good in a few games. You know, he, he looked. I mean, he looked, he looked good tonight. He was playing. He was playing really good defense. Um, good offense. I can't complain. I mean, that's that's what you what that's what you want out of him is what he put out tonight. So if he can do that on a consistent basis, then I welcome into the rotation unless he's part of a trade package. So right, you guys see a really good, really good minutes from him. And all I just see is a straight that trade stock going up and up and up. Oh, like, for sure. oh yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, especially <laughs> at Houston, I was like, go, Kendrick, go, like just come show on, out. baby, show go out. out, yeah, go out, yeah. With, with Houston course. and trading for Oladipo, the main package I hear people always bring up is oh Kelly, Olinick, and maybe a couple picks or I don't know, second round pick or whatever. You know, whatever people want to do with the trade machine. You know, it's like both of them had a really good game against Houston. So for both of those trade pieces to have a good game, I mean, what else could you ask for? So there's that. And then another thing is Kelly Bird is a thing. People got to realize that, you know, like I want to keep you hit on last game because, bro, last game was amazing. That was a Kelly Bird masterpiece right there. 
So for him to go out and have that game against New York, and while he didn't go crazy like he did last game tonight, I mean, it was still a great effort from him because at least nobody was calling him a bum. So that's how you know it was a good night. You know, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Noah Lennox slander on Twitter tonight. None. Oh. So, you know, Kelly's, you know, normally, if you're just doing something really good, you normally don't see, like, yeah, Kelly. But, you know, you know, Kelly's at least not doing bad if you don't see his name on the timeline. So, right. you know, that's, that's, that's always positive. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always positive. He, he can play some video games tonight instead of, you know, strolling through his Twitter feed. And Clutch <laughs> might be familiar with my Kelly tracker, but my Kelly tracker is literally a bar of green and red that says. Larry Legend or Seven Foot Trash Can. Like, there's never any in between with Kelly. He is one or the other. Uh, tonight, he was in the Legend meter for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the, the ghost of Larry Bird, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> hey. I into the ghost of Will Chamberlain with these rebounds. Hey, hey, look, Kelly's played really good the last few games. I mean, he, he's, uh, yeah. he, he does take too many three point shots. I think that might be his only criticism from me. Um, you know, he obviously isn't a big rebounder, so that's not something I'm going to, like, criticize him about. That's a given. But I will say in, like, the last three games, though, those three-pointers that he taken have been in rhythm of the game. They so, have been in rhythm. You're correct. They're, they're, they've all been in stride. They've all been good looks. He just – sometimes I think he thinks he's uh, more Steph Curry and less yep. Kelly Olenek. So, right. um, if he could just take more – I mean, I know uh, he, he sometimes he'll take those ones that are like five foot behind the line. There's one foot step forward. You know, like, I feel like he's like falling into the shot. He, it looks so clumsy. It looks like a baby horse trying to walk. To the How do we feel about him backing down PJ Tucker in the post and doing the hook <laughs> shot to nowhere, though? I mean, that was pretty not great. <laughs> I mean, it was expected, though, right? I mean, right. He, yeah. he needs one. <laughs> and, and Tucker's got, and, and, or Linux got six inches on Tucker, and still, still nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Poor Kelly. And then another thing I want to bring up. So, this I don't know. This might seem kind of weird bringing it up because he didn't play tonight because of protocols. But I feel like something important to acknowledge is that while Miami is on a four-game winning streak, you know, starting with that first game of this streak, Miami went and they made a choice that I feel like a lot of people have been waiting for, and that's to finally bring Tyler back to the bench. And, you know, I've always wanted that because I always felt like he was better there with Lauren and everyone, you know. So for me, I'm personally satisfied with it. And it seems like we've been getting good results with this four-game winning streak. So I am kind of curious to see what Hero would have done tonight if he played. And same thing goes with Lauren. I mean, how do you guys feel? I mean, this might seem like a dumb question to ask because we're on a four-game winning streak right now. But would you want to keep Tyler on the bench moving forward, or do you think eventually he should get that spot back in the starting five? Can I can I run with that one just because I watched a little bit post game interview last night uh, with our buddy Ethan. Ethan asked him a couple questions. Our Ira was asking him a couple questions and stuff. And uh, one of the coolest things they asked him was how he adjusted to like you know being the role on the bench after he was being a starter. And like how it how it affected his game or how it made him feel, and he was like, "Listen, it doesn't make me feel any different." He's like, "I, I don't care if I start, come off the bench." He's like, "I'm going to do whatever the team needs me to do, and what the team needs me to do, in whatever position they put me in, in order for us to win." 
And he said that, and I thought that was pretty freaking cool. I don't see how people ever hate on Hero. He's like the nicest, chillest dude, funny, and he he's just wants to win. He's a good team player. He doesn't talk shit. He doesn't do anything ugly to anybody. He just goes out there and plays ball and accepts his role and doesn't make us think out anything and just accepts it and, and balls out. So I really enjoy having players like that in our team. I think Hero fits our culture and our team very well. So um, I, I like having him on our team. Would I have traded him for Harden? Yes. But I like <laughs> I, I like having him on our team. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good dude. He's a good, good dude. He's a good team player. He's a good team player. You, you can go because I got something I want to say afterwards. Right. So from the start, I've always said from the very beginning, Tyler – does not fit in the starting line. He just never seemed to fit for me. He mainly because he's not a starting point guard. Period. He's not a starting point guard. John Crotty says this a lot on the on the Heat. Crotty invented basketball, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he says this a lot during the Heat game. He can he can be more loose. He can star in his role off the bench more. So he's more comfortable in in there because he doesn't have to worry about setting everybody up, trying to be the point guard. So I think Hero off the bench is the is the best way to go, moving forward, because I don't I don't see him starting at all, and that's not a knock on him because either way, start or no start, he's still getting starter minutes. He's still going to play his twenty five thirty minutes a game, and I'm I'm, I'm saying twenty five is a very very minimum. So there's other than an ego problem, which Tyler doesn't seem to have, I think he's fine. So uh, a lot of early uh, Twisted Tapioca fans will know that I despise Tyler Hero starting for the one uh, <laughs> on this team. Like, literally, absolutely hated it. I think six weeks into the season, I saw him try a skip pass at a corner. Usually with point guards, the way that you judge them on their passing ability isn't by, like, how well they're doing in their young age, but what kind of passes they're trying. Um, and with... Tyler, he wasn't trying passes, and then he started feeling that zone. So here's where I play devil's advocate with myself. Kendrick Nunn doesn't try any single fucking passes. Anything that's more difficult than a two-handed chest pass to the perimeter isn't getting attempted. At half court twice today, he had Bam leaking. If he could have ooped it or got it to him high... Bam had two easy buckets, and you could see Bam looking back for the ball. And this was like late in the second quarter, if you want to go back and look at it. But we're not even trying those passes. So typically, without Goron, um, we would put Tyler in that role because it just solidifies some of the offense. And this is like the decision that you have to make as a coach with all these injuries and COVID spells. It's like, what are you going to give up to get? So sometimes you have to give up offense to get ball handling, and you guys might not agree with me on that, but putting none in that role is saying I want more offense than I do ball handling, and that's a legitimate choice that you can make. Some people would switch it. Um, but I think that it puts the like the light very brightly on two facts. One, we need a four really bad. Like tonight, <laughs> Kelly rebounded well, and if he keeps Kelly, going, maybe I'll shut Kelly, my mouth. Hey, Kelly, um, Kelly, we do need a four regardless of who we for have defense. on defense now. Like, strictly yeah, for defense. But Kelly Kelly played a nice four tonight. He got some rebounds and um, played some D. He scored a few points. I mean, uh, Kelly, Kelly filled in nicely tonight. I didn't really see anything 
I mean, of course, he's not our answer by any means at the four, but he at least filled in decently tonight, better than usual or better than, I don't know. He just played well. I feel like he played an all-around game on both ends of the floor, a little bit more than he does. Um, but, well, I wish, man, I, I don't know. I, there's so much stuff we could have done that we didn't do. Yes. And this like, is my like problem. Chris, Chris, Christian Wood is the biggest. Christian Wood is one of the ones that makes me the maddest. But Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, stuff like that, like, yeah, Jeremy Grant specifically, because it's he's like, oh, you can put him he's right a, there and it fixes an everything. Bro. And him yeah. and Bam on defense down low together, that would be terror for the other team. Terror. Terror. Those are two freak athletes. I'm a big Jeremy Grant fan, too, by the way, big time. I, I like his game. He's nice. He hustles, and he, he can score and get rebounds, and he's tough. On, he's tough inside. My, my, my biggest thing is that we have two – I, when I say we have needs, I don't mean that we have trade for all-star needs. I mean we literally have, like, people need to fill these roles, and there's no one in the team that can do this. Goron can't play extended minutes. He's our best ball handler. He's the only one that's trying and completing these passes that keep defenses on check. And there's nobody that plays the four spot right now that makes me comfortable with us playing drop defense. And we play a lot, in, not this game. Spo learned that we can do a 2 2 1 today, which is fucking beautiful. And he also learned that we could blitz the pick and roll, which literally won us the game. Us blitzing wall off the pick and roll won us the game. So maybe I'll shut up in like three games because the defensive scheme switches. But until I feel better about it, I still think we need a defensive four in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we, we 100% need. A for like ASAP, like ASAP, like I don't don't wait till the trade deadline. I mean, but it's it's kind of it's kind of crappy because we're on a five game five five game road trip right? or five five game road trip, I think, or it might be more. Uh, I know it's a two week road trip almost. I don't know how many oh, games we have. Seven games. Seven, seven, seven games. Okay, so seven more after tonight, or seven total? Six, six, six more, more after tonight. Yeah, well, we we play some pretty sporty opponents too coming up, so it's going to be a tough one. It's nice to get the first one under our belt, though. I mean, Houston isn't the best team, but they're not the worst team, so you know, whatever. They're a good team to to start the road trip on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's start try to get some momentum going because yeah. up next we got the best team in the league, record wise at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just, just glad, just glad that uh, Houston didn't have Wood tonight. So that's that's a positive. Or he would have probably got twenty rebounds on us. Right. And you know, like looking at this schedule, I know I really hope we could get a healthy squad, fully healthy for the Lakers game at least, because I really want to see. What would happen if you got the Heat fully healthy and the Lakers fully healthy in a game? Just, you know, because obviously we see, we saw what happened in the finals. You know, it wouldn't hurt just to see Miami come with a full healthy squad against this Lakers team. So, you know, that's what I want to see. You know, so I'm just praying to God, you know, let's get Goran back. You know, let's get Avery back, Avery back if we can. You know, if it's some way, somehow possible. Like, I just want a healthy squad going against the Lakers. Please, God. Like, let's make it happen. Yeah. I would. I hope we have everybody back from, uh, like, 
like who we could have, like you know, a healthy Guan, a healthy Bam, healthy Jimmy. I hope we have our whole team healthy when we play the Lakers because I just want to see what what it would look like. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be one they got circled on their calendar for sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> big big yeah, time. We might be healthy, but the Lakers might not be healthy. This Anthony Davis thing seems like it could linger for for a bit. I feel like Anthony Davis is always hurt, like always hurt. Yeah, always. but I guess as long as they have him for the playoffs, they're happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I think that they should have probably circled that Utah game uh, that we have next because that, that looks like it might be a homicide live on television. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering Utah's the best rebounding team in the league, and we're the worst. Yeah, so, we have, they can exploit the crap out of us. Like they're built to kind of attack our defense. Listen, this is a this is a Rudy Gobert twenty twenty game waiting to happen. Oh my god! Yeah, Go, Gobert's gonna go ham. Yeah, I can't even imagine how many re- rebounds Rudy Gobert is gonna get on us. Holy moly, that's gonna be insane. <laughs> yeah, it's shocked. Go ahead. I was gonna say he's definitely getting twenty plus. Don't worry, y'all. Rebounds or points? Oh, rebound, Re- rebounds, Both, rebounds, probably. Oh, Kelly Berg. Yeah, rebounds and points. He's gonna pull a twenty. He's gonna drop a twenty twenty on us. I will. I will say this: if Kelly is hitting, it helps us a lot. It, like a lot, a lot, because now we can stretch out their defense a little bit more. And even though they're athletic, if we have them moving. Uh, obviously through more space. We'll have more chances for Bam to post up Gobert. And that's a legit... I legitimately like that matchup. I like Bam on Gobert. He seems to cook them every time they play one-on-one, so... Yeah, I don't, yeah Bam and Gobert, that's a pretty good matchup, really. That's pretty... That's a really... Two athletic big men that are long and, uh, you know, can, can dribble, pass, block. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. I can't remember the last time uh, we played the Jazz... But that'll definitely be a good matchup. It's, right. it's our real test, right? This season, uh, Gobert is getting a new version of them, the one they can actually hit mid-range shots. So uh, when goes out there, try. hopefully he tries to get that mid-range going early. So he drags Gobert out of that paint, and that opens up the game for everybody else. The cuts and everything is going to be there if he can – pull Gobert out. So I'm really looking forward to that. I hope Bam gets that mid-range going early in that game because I think that's going to just unlock a lot for the Heat. Driving, kicking, everything. And I mean, you know, because while the Jazz do look good right now, someone compared them to a certain team and I don't think it might be too far off. And they compared them to the 2015 Hawks, which in my opinion... I mean, let's see what they do in the playoffs because that Hawks team, I mean, they were killer in that year. And then when it was time to play LeBron in the Cavs, like everything just crumbled. So we'll see what happens with them. Are you talking about the. Are you talking about that Hawks team that had like Millsap and Horford and, and no. Teague and. Or not, that, that, whole, that whole team when they yeah, were. Schroeder, I think, might have been on there think so um yeah and they ran through the regular season kind of like hitting their they, jumpers they, and they were, Mills they were, going off they, like they were first place minutes. right they were the one seed right yeah that year? yeah they were the one seed 
they had what four, four all stars or something that and, year. Or something and that crazy. I think that was the year where Shaq and Kenny were talking about, or Shaq and Barkley were like a jump shooting team can't win, and they used that as like the look it can't do it, and then Golden State did it. But that's a really good comparison. Like, that's a really solid comparison because you can find a lot of, like, pieces that match up with uh, this current Utah team. They're playing really well off each other. Like, they they just fit with each other. They're very – they're deep. Everybody in the starting lineup is averaging over double figures. So it's just a very well-rounded team, and that really has, as of now, it doesn't have very many weaknesses. So the it's going to be really interesting to see how both attacks. Yeah, and I feel like the bench lineup. is like the one weakness. Yeah, our bench. Oh man, our bench tonight. No. They uh, Iggy scored two points. Uh, I- Iggy scored two points. I know. Uh, who else? Uh, Precious scored two points. And somebody else scored two points that we played, and then the only other people that scored were were Duncan, Jimmy. Like there was, you know, Lennox scored six, and then we had a few people score in double digits, and then we had two or three players score two points each. I think it was Vincent scored two, and Iggy scored two, and Precious scored two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, and we only played like nine, eight or nine players. So technically, only six players scored above six points for us. Clutch was I, just uh, getting to like how well rounded they are, and I was go I was going to bring up today. I like that we, could, we could attack their bench. I really thought we could have did that. Now I'm concerned we're not going to have Tyler and Goron, and now I more agree with Clutch than ever. Like that team doesn't have many weaknesses, especially against us. Yeah, exactly. Look at our look at our our bench has is not good simply because we are not healthy. We're missing our three best guards. So it just doesn't work out like that. I mean, look at our bench tonight. They had what? They had 27 points. And 21 yeah. of those were Max Drews hitting Max Drews, yeah. So I, I don't – obviously uh, Max Drews is doing really well, but you can't expect them to duplicate 20-point games every night mm-hmm. to – over the Utah Jazz, so he has he has a he has a sweet ass shot. Like he has a stroke. I, I like I like it. I was I was happy with his game tonight. I was like, get him, Max, get him. And then I liked his jam. Yeah, man. that was the best part of the night. That was the best part of the whole game Ganged for it. me, at least. I was I, I was jumping up and down. I was like, this goose is loose, baby. I was like <laughs> jumping, like yelling. I was laughing. And yelling at the same time because I couldn't believe it's just saw Max Strews yak on somebody. Man, I'm just trying to enjoy Max Strews go off, and all I hear is John Crotty calling the Strewsinator, and it's Jesus. Max. I feel like there is a parody Crotty account that's just waiting to be made. No one's made it yet. Yeah, the John Crotty <laughs> burner account or something like that. Yes, it needs to be made right now because he you can do all kinds of stuff. Like you, re, Iguodala got the last rebound, right? So you could be like rebound Guadala. It's just there for you. It's right there. He just <laughs> makes it so easy. I don't know. I I hope someone comes out with the Eric Reed burner account so we could just see Blake Griffin slander every time. <laughs> like you can just play like, Blake Griffin and and the way Thibodeau wear his masks. Just do that every time. He just blames <laughs> Eric Griffin. That. 
Mickey Griffin's Road to a Mickey Mouse, what was it, 2011 Slam Dunk Championship or something like that. He's just going to keep slandering him every opportunity he gets. It was yeah. the backup center for me. That's that's the one that did it when he called Hassan Whiteside the backup center for Sacramento. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> and, oh, it was Reed that he also came out. We hit a three, and he just straight up said, we got shooters. Like, yes. he, knew, he knew what he was doing. He knows. I mean, honestly, I think, like, the we got shooters thing, I feel like everyone's just doing it at this point. Like, I'm, I know the Heat have tweeted it a couple times themselves. Like, they did, right? Or am I just imagining stuff? Yeah, yeah, it did. Just, like, it's just funny how Whiteside tried to make fun of the Heat for not having shooters, and all of a sudden they just come out with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson last year, and they just start <laughs> raining like it's the... 26 2017 golden state warriors and mm-hmm. it was crazy it was funny because it just it just probably made hassan like look like a straight up dummy well imagine getting jettisoned from portland for ennis Cantor. i mean <laughs> hassan gets like racked on by the whole league every night so he's taken his and, and i enjoy him like, I want to turn this into a, a Hassan Whiteside slander episode, but it's like, then you have the people who literally just get their facts from what's it called, basketball references or whatever, and they'll be like, you know what, like, oh, like, Hassan Whiteside's so disrespected, oh, he leads the lead in blocks and all that. There's a reason why all these other teams passed on him. I mean, how long, I mean, he went for like a good amount of time without getting signed by anyone. I mean, even Toronto, they were desperate for a center because they lost Gasol and Ibaka. And instead of going for Whiteside, a.k.a. the leader in blocks, they said, you know what, we'll take Alex Len instead. A guy who they released, like, a f- like many weeks later. So I think that alone tells you exactly how teams view us on Whiteside. So that's, that's just out there for the Whiteside stands. Like, I don't know if y'all needed to hear this, but there you go. <laughs> White side. What a debacle. What a debacle. I mean, I don't know how we expected more from a guy who talks to his fish. Yo, he takes such good care of those fish stuff. If he took care of his fish or his NBA career like he took care of his <laughs> my player or those fish, he would be a superstar. And I have I have so many Hassan Whiteside statistics that just rattle in my brain. I'm not going to turn this into the Hassan Whiteside pod, but <laughs> those fucking koi fish got fed better than me. I mean, and the thing is, is like, I have no problem with Hassan's, like, off-court antics if he was just a good player, bro. Like, I always say he's that one friend I think everyone has who has, like, zero brain cells. Like, you just want to be around them. Because you know yeah. you're going to have a great time with them. People people call... Uh, I don't agree with this, first of all. But people call Duncan a one-trick pony, okay? The difference between... Even if Duncan is the one-trick pony, the difference between Duncan Robinson and Hassan Whiteside is Duncan Robinson's one trick is the most valuable thing in the NBA. Exactly. Hassan that Whiteside's is, one is, trick <laughs> is like, he can block. Okay, you can play him in drop defense. That's great. That's great. Duncan Robinson wins you games. So I that's just my two cents. 
Yeah, Duncan Robinson can get you on a on a twelve zero run at any given moment. Hassan, eh, a couple of blocks there. Have Did you guys I, seen the distance traveled stat for Duncan? Yeah, I don't know. it's insane. It's crazy. It's like three. Was it like? What does he run like three miles a game or something? Yeah, he leads the league in distance ran because he's constantly on the floor, offense and defense. Yeah. Um, and he's being guarded by the team's usually most athletic player. Um, like the best defender is usually on Duncan, and he, and he still makes five three pointers, six three pointers, seven three pointers. You know, is that's what that's what's really impresses it impresses me is that they they are putting their top dog defender on Robinson, and he's still getting shots. He's still making them. So yeah, even he was just in a cold. He was just. In a cold slump, I hate it when you know players we praise, Heat Twitter and Heat fans and everybody. We praise them one minute when they're doing good, and then they just have a slump. I mean, it's, it happens. I mean, I played basketball my whole life. You know, I played good two games, I'd suck two games. You know, it's just you know, just how, how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes, sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, and it's hard to get back on. Sometimes you're on, and you're on fire. So. But at least, you know, at least we know what, what he is. He, that's just him having a slump. That's not like, oh, this player that could, could, we thought could shoot three is good, all of a sudden can't shoot. No, he's just off a little bit. He'll be fine. Well fine. said, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another yeah, Duncan thing. is just – I'm I'm that type of guy. Hold on, what? Oh, I was actually about to, like, here, just finish what you were going to say real quick. Oh, I said I'm the type of guy when we talk about Duncan and everybody says should he get paid, should he not get paid. I pay him one thousand percent of the time. I, that's probably an unpopular take among him Twitter. I'm paying his ass. I don't care because he's I, just that valuable to me. I think and he's I the, don't, the most important piece of the offense. I don't want to come in and be cap guy, okay? Because people hate cap guy. They don't like <laughs> talking to that man. But his, you get his fucking bird rights, dude. His contract, one, it's a stuffer. So if you want to go after an all-star, you can still trade him after the offseason. And his cap hits only $6 million. Like, yeah, this is yeah. a non-starter for me. I, you he, pay Duncan. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure. He has a... Like, oh no, so what were you going to say? I was just saying he has a desirable... Since we have his bird rights, it makes, you know putting the pieces to the puzzle a little bit easier to put together um, yeah. than having to, sh- to you know, is, it, 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 if an, unless another team, like if, if another team were to get him, what, what do, what, the rights wouldn't carry. What, they, they would have to pay him more, they're right? They're going to have to pay. Yeah, they're going to have to pay him. Like, let's say, because the, the one team that's out there is like the Knicks and the Jazz. So if the Knicks were to offer him $20 million, which they could do, they're yeah. giving they're giving him twenty million dollars, and I mean Probably. that's that's the one contract where we might think about not matching as a twenty million uh, point. But I, you know, it's one of these things where even if you take him, you can still trade him because he's got twenty million dollars on his salary, so it works as a stuffer. Right. Um, oh yeah, sure. Good point. Good point. I didn't think about that. Good point. And if we're going to be capped, we're going to have to trade in match salaries because we're going to have to do sign-in trades, which means we're probably bringing on a max player or somebody close to the max. So we're going to need a stuffer because we're not keeping yeah, Iguodala. So, so, so we just so we just re-sign him with bird rights, have him with whatever contract he has, and if it doesn't pan out, trade him. Stuff him. Stuff him. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there's teams that might actually want to use him, or they might be teams that want him for salary relief. You know, who knows? Right. I don't know. I don't know the whole ins and outs of how his contract is structured. Uh, if he were to be traded before this season or after this season or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm on the I'm on the fence. So like Duncan, I just he does one thing. You know, like he does one thing. He does very good, and and I mean, like I mean, like we've seen it might not be completely replaceable, but we farm people like Struess who has a pretty butter stroke too. I'm not saying Struess is any Duncan Robinson, but he can hit threes. I mean, you can put him in as the same role as Duncan, pretty much. Not going to get much D. Going to be able to. Uh, draw. I mean, I wouldn't say he would draw a double team, but he would definitely have a good defender paying attention to him the whole time he's in the game and following him around all you know, all the screens and all the the baseline running back and forth he's doing. So he, right. he's still going to spread the floor well. And uh, I, I don't I don't mind anything we do right now. You know, I, after we didn't get Giannis, didn't get Harden, probably not going to get Bill, and now we're like hoping on like Kyle Lowry and this and that. And, I don't know. It's it's just I'm happy with what we have now, but I wish we had something just a little bit better because I really think if we could just a couple more pieces picked up and get our chemistry right and keep uninjured and uncoveted, that we'll we'll be good, good in the long run. And then you know, but also I want to touch on one more thing moving forward. Um, also because I know this is going to be a hectic schedule for Miami, so. You know, we finished the first game of seven in this West Coast trip. So now that we can guarantee that we're not going to go in seven, thank thank God for that. How do you guys think we finish this road trip? Are we going seven and zero, oh, or what's up? I say we're going four and three, four and three, four and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'd be happy with that. I hope we can go five and two, but. That would be tough, but maybe we can make it happen. There's a few hard games and a few easy games, but that you know, it, it, you never know in the NBA. Sometimes the easy games turn out to be the hard games, and vice versa. So, right, right. I just took the time out since you mentioned that to just look at who we're playing these next six games. Um, I know, about. I know, we're playing Utah, um, the Clippers, yeah, uh, the, the, Kings, right now. The, yeah the Kings, the Kings. Utah, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Kings, the Lakers, and the Thunder. Yeah, that's it. Lakers and the Thunder, yeah. So, four and three sounds reasonable. We can. That's like uh, an expectation we can set. Uh, anything above that is just a bonus, and it'd be great. I think we could probably steal a game from the Jazz or the Clippers or – or the Lakers. I, I think I, we. I think we might steal it for the Clippers for somehow. I just. I just think that might just happen. Just I, I, yeah. for some odd reason. Um, I don't think we're going to beat the Lakers. I, I really hope we do, but because I, I don't think we're going to, because I don't think we're going to be healthy uh, completely, not a hundred percent, which is deja vu. But I, I just want to play those fools one time with our full team versus their full team in a series again, like. It's, uh, what could have been, but oh well. Mm-hmm. At least we, at least we made it to the finals and won two games against one of the most stacked teams I can ever remember watching playing the finals. So, <laughs> yo, excuse me, but I just saw Barry Jackson just put out a tweet just now, and they asked Jimmy Butler about Max Struess, 
and he just straight up answered, he's just really effing good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just had to like, insert that. That was funny. That's just Jimmy in a nutshell that. right there, man. <laughs> Yo, how much do y'all love Jimmy? Did y'all act him the other night on the floor when oh he got fouled, bro? bro? That's the whole <laughs> meme right there. <laughs> I was like so worried at first. I was so like, oh, no. And then I just started bursting out laughing. And everybody in your podcast, Joe, was like, why are y'all laughing at him? He's hurt. Because I think we were watching a little bit in advance, like a little bit, like, you know, we might have been on a different stream and we had already seen that he was joking and we're all like laughing our asses off and then all these other people get bad. They're like, don't laugh at him. He's hurt. And we're like, wait and watch. You're behind. You just see that people was, tweeting hashtag. That was great. That was so funny. Hashtag pray for Jimmy, and then they just see what happens next, and they're like, "Oh wait, never mind." <laughs> but Jimmy's just a, such a such an enjoyable watch. He just everything he does on and off the court. He's a ever since he's joined the Heat, he's been a straight up like meme machine. Bunch of gifts you can pull out from just his time in Miami. He's having fun at all of them. Exactly. Right. He's enjoying himself, which is more than we can say about his time in Philadelphia and his time in Minnesota. He's really enjoying himself. He likes it here. So Jimmy's just being Jimmy, and that's all he probably ever wanted, and we're letting him be Jimmy. So he loves us. He loves being here, and I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon because dude can just be himself. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I think that's what he's that's what he's always wanted. That's what he's always wanted. I think he's finally found his home, and I'm glad it's here. He fits perfect, and I hope he stays here for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. I really do. I love I love Jimmy. And I mean, it's what because, a cool dude. It's because <laughs> of, cool it's because of Jimmy where it's like you you want to well you want to trade for another key player. Because you know he's only 31 years old. You're not going to get him for another decade of him in his prime. So you want to win a championship while he's still here doing his thing. And you can say the same thing for Goran as well, who's you know continuing to battle injuries. So that's the thing people got to realize when it comes to trades and everything. And the reason why I bring up trades is because... You know, trade deadline is next month, and I always like to ask people what their opinions are on who's that piece Miami should get, because you never know what trade a team can make that can make a huge difference moving forward. And we can talk about what happened almost, it was like last year, you know, with Miami trading justice for Iggy. Like, I was looking through my phone, and, you know, I remember going crazy when we got Iggy. It showed up on my Snapchat memories, and I remember I had, like, all these pics, and, like, oh, my gosh, we got Iggy, we got Jay Crowder, and I'm like, wow, that was a year ago. So, you know, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, like, that made a huge difference because, hey, we made it to the finals, and we were two wins away from being the Lakers. So if you're Miami, you know, you want to think, you know, can we make that move to help make the difference and help bring us back to the finals? So with that in mind, do you guys think there is a move? And obviously, you know, I'm not talking about superstars because when we did do the trade for Iguodala, you know, it was, you know, 30, 35, 36-year-old Iggy and then Crowder and Hill who obviously aren't superstars. Well, Solomon Hill is a superstar, but, you know, I don't, I don't know how we look. Man, I miss Solomon Hill. Yeah. The solo goat. Did, did y'all see that? Um, 
Did y'all see that graphic online about this? What the Miami Heat have done since we had Solomon Hill last year, and what we since what we've done this year, it is absolutely hilarious. Um, uh, it, I'll let y'all find it y'all stuff. Y'all will see it. It's 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 really funny. It's accurate. Um, <laughs> they're know. basically saying Solomon Hill. You know, us getting rid of Solomon Hill is the reason we're doing so bad this year. So yeah. it's so, the curse. Uh, he, no, Solomon Hill was like the coolest dude that played for the Heat. I mean, he would come and talk on the shows and like interact on Twitter. And he's funny. He would joke around with everybody. I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I would rather have kept him and like Myers the cheerleader with his pom poms and stuff. Solomon Hill would could at least be a good leader and actually play and actually contribute. Yeah, because the case for paying Myers was always um, we had the salary. We had we had the salary, so we paid him, and we paid him so we could get capped. Well, we could have paid Solomon Hill too to get capped. Like yeah. it wasn't only Myers that was up for a contract, right? Because the thing with uh, I, Solomon is like he's the most woke player on Heat Twitter right now. Like he's really in the free chef truly movement. I mean, that's the Heat Twitter dude right there. <laughs> and I'm mean, so you guys were talking about. Uh, talking about trades right because that's the question i want to lead up to so last year the iggy trade that made a big difference in helping us get to the finals so for you guys what is that dream trade miami should make this season that will help bring miami back to the finals like what they did i talked to um marco romo before he got suspended too so also hashtag free marco okay (laughs) let's get my boy out of jail Free Trilly, free Trilly um, free too. Free Trilly. Free Trilly, free Marco. Austin and Marco don't deserve this, okay? They're Twitter institutions. Um, That's so messed up, man. But we were sitting there uh, just talking about, you know, nonsense. And it was coming up about how pissed off Pat is, probably, most likely, mm-hmm. without any inside information. But there's other people in the organization keeping him together until we get to the deadline. Because um, the, the organization probably doesn't want to miss on a move. What I feel like is coming here isn't a piece. Um, I feel like we should probably prep ourselves for the bottom end of this team to look completely different. I think that we're looking at a 2018 Cleveland situation. Um, and it's going to be a bunch of things that you know, you're know you not probably prepped for. Uh, Belalizia fits right into the, our trade exception that we have for James Johnson. I think that's a move that we can make like right now. They're not a winning team. They're not, they would love they're, some they're, cash. They're not using him either. They're not using him either. No. So they're not using and, him at all. And that's a guy that like we would trade for and nobody on Heat Twitter would know what the fuck that is. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking even we might swing like a Bielitsa and Bagley because I know Bagley wants out. Uh, I'm a Duke fan, so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit partial. If you can't tell by my accent, I'm I'm from North Carolina originally. I've been in Miami mm-hmm. eleven I've been in Miami Miami eleven years, but I haven't lost my accent. But uh, yeah, he I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just I'm not sure exactly what we're supposed to do with everything, but I'm here well, for whatever whatever we do, whatever we do, whatever we choose to do. I'm supportive of it. I'm supportive of our team, organization, players, fans. I'm, you know, whatever it is, what it is. And, and we can't be this outside movement. of our hands. Yeah, there seems to be this movement gathering towards trading Tyler Duncan for picks, 
Yeah. And if you can trade Tyler or Duncan for picks, then I guess you can swing that into a third-team trade with somebody to pull a bigger fish. That's um, what I've heard too. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Is that they would be they wouldn't be including them in a deal. They would be shipping into a completely different team for a future first. In right, order because to take that's that. what you need. Yeah, of course, because because uh, you know the team they might not want the players you have to offer. They might want to be able to pick the players that they want in the future. So you know, right. it, it's it, draft picks are always more more assets, I think, than any. Filler player, salary relief player, or, or, or they can or, be know. anything. Yeah, to, and to you team can organizations, shoot. they can be anything. And, and you can find your own diamond in the rough. You know, it, it, especially teams with good scouting departments and good front offices and stuff. They get that opportunity to hey, uh, you know, we could get. A call. It just it just depends. The NBA is so weird, so fickle. Especially comes to the trade talks and this and that. There's certain uh, GMs that won't deal with certain GMs. There's certain this that won't deal with that. Certain players are untouchable. Players that shouldn't be and like just a bunch of silly stuff. It reminds me kind of like politics or something. Like just <laughs> or just something that just doesn't make much sense, but something that should be done and it makes sense and should be done, but it just doesn't get done mm-hmm. because. These crazy, grumpy old men would just rather sit around and sip their scotch and smoke their cigars and just—I don't know—watch the season play out. I guess I don't know what I don't know what Pat's doing, bro. And you know, and you know, I think trust Pat, Pat wants to do something, but he's waiting. But who, who's he handcuffed by? Arison and the luxury tax? Uh, I would say probably. I want, what's his what's his oh what's his name? Why why did I just like blank? Who? Uh the general manager. Mickey Arison. And that's the owner, the general manager. Oh oh oh. Uh the fact oh, guy. I, sorry. Yeah, Andy somebody Ellsberg. just said his first name. And, is it Andy? Andy Eisenberg. Ellisburg. Ellisburg, that's it. Ellisburg, that's it. He might be handcuffed by him, maybe Spolstra as well. Same. Definitely definitely Spolstra. Spolstra has a lot more say than uh, a lot of coaches probably do in the NBA. As right. far as, that just comes with being a long tenured coach. Like for example, Popovich makes all the moves in. Yeah, in, but yeah, Sp- Spolster should be able to do that. He he, he has the pedigree. He he's proven. Right, he's earned the right to do that. So he's of earned the right he to do that. Yeah, of course I mean, he has. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA, if not all time. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's great, and, and he's young. I mean, and he still has a long career ahead of him. You know, yeah, Spolster has another what twenty years in him. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. And I mean, you know, yeah, he'll have that slick gray hair like Pat. Eventually, mm-hmm. he'll have it. He'll be rocking it. The little, <laughs> the little Filipino gray slick back. And like one thing I, I want to hit it. on, like about trades, is one thing people got to realize: the most realistic, like the biggest, most realistic whale for Miami, it's Oladipo. I know some people like to flirt the idea of maybe getting um. Levine, but then there's the whole well, he's not necessarily a heat culture guy. I personally would love Levine, but I don't really see it happening. You know, we'll see what happens there. And then Bradley Beal, I'm just tired with that at this point because he'll say, Oh, I'm not happy, I'm frustrated. Then the day after, it's Oh, you know what? I want to stay here, I want to make things work. And then the day after that, it's Okay, yeah, I'm not happy again. 
day after that, okay, I want to make things work. Like, make up your mind, bro. Like, just make up your mind and have people... Just stop irritating Heat fans with this. Because all I see is Heat fans flooding my TL every time he gets frustrated, being like, okay, guys, we'll do this trade for Beal. And then the day after that, I'm happy. I don't want to get moved. So for the sake of Heat Twitter, Bradley Beal, if you're listening, and I know you love to troll, I know you and your wife love to do so, but please just stop, okay? There are other fans. Do it with the Laker fans. Do it with them. But please, just stop with the Heat fans, okay? I'm tired of it. We all are tired of it, okay? We're tired of you playing these games with us, okay? We're tired of you coming in here being like, I'm not happy, and then you want to come out and say you want to stay. Make up your mind or stop playing with us. Do it with the Laker fans if you want. But Preach. please stop messing Preach. with the innocent Heat fans out there. Okay, you Hallelujah, praise the Lord, Joe K. Jake. Oh. Amen. <laughs> I've never seen you like this, Joe. I kind of like it. It's Amen. Just, like, it's just so annoying, bro. Cause then I we're on Twitch, somebody should have clipped that. Like, people just plug their tweets in from reporters. Like, oh my gosh, guys, this might be our opportunity. Beal doesn't seem happy now. Like, no. He's going to come out the next day and say that he wants to stay and be the next Dirk Nowitzki. So, I'm just saying, Heat fans, let's not buy into the bait anymore. Let's move on. Let's get Oladipo. Let's get someone. Have your fantasies about whoever. But let's end this build thing. Until he comes out and says he's going to request a trade, end it. No, I got a question for you. Um, and, And for Tony and for Clutch. Um, so the Oladipo thing, if he wants out, he obviously wants out. They're going to be looking for a trade for him because he's a free agent, restricted free agent next year, and they're not going to get him because he doesn't want to be there. Um, now the Heat know this, and the Heat know that if they wait it out, they could potentially get him in free agency. But why would you, Houston's going to do a deal with somebody before free agency to get some, you know to get some? So we're going to have to essentially. I don't think we can wait for Oladipo. But right, do you guys think you guys think we need to get Oladipo now? We don't need to wait yeah. to get him because what's going to happen is Houston is going to get a lot of other offers from other people, and they're going to take something. So we got to at least put our you know our hat in the ring or whatever. Oh, for we, sure. we got to do something. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Oladipo, his price tag is very is going to be very low, in my opinion. Like he's right. not he's not going to be worth too much because there's a simple fact he's a he's an expiring contract, and he basically can tell any team in the league, "Yo, you can trade for me, but I'm not going to resign in the off season." There's only a few teams I'll do that for. Number one on my list is Miami. So if Miami he, wants, he wants to, wants to be here. something, yeah. just a little something, not too, not too little, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly in the first, like we always joke about the Pawn Stars meme. <laughs> I and, love that man. I mean, so they, fun. like I said and earlier, they had a great night up front of Houston. I mean, you had to love it. Out of all the teams they could have done it against, they did it against the Rockets. Speaking of the Rockets and trade targets and all that, I I really want to say this. I don't. I don't see what, what I don't see what people like in PJ Tucker for the Heat. Uh, I don't see it. I I really don't want PJ Tucker the way like he's just the well, under. You can you can not want him, but I do. I'll, I mean, I'll take yeah. PJ. That's fair. I respect that you want him, but like 
Ethan Skolnick being tired of us losing and they're just saying, I'll give a first for P.J. Tucker. Dude, dude isn't worth a first. Yeah, yeah because... well, we don't have a first to give anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's not a, worth it's a moot conversation. Because, yeah, I, I love P.J. Tucker. I love him on the heat. It's just about where are you going to give up for him. I'm not giving up two or three first-round picks to do it. Okay, I don't, I don't even know if I want to I don't to see one. it. I mean, if you want to give one, well, I mean, y'all can talk about that. But P- I'm not really giving that much for PJ him. Could, PJ would – you could grab him probably with the second. Um, yeah, I, I'll, the thing, I'll that. The thing about it is is that I don't – so if a Victor trade was going to happen, I feel like it would have. And now saying that, uh, the Rockets could just be seeing what they can get. Um, and trying to beg us for, like, Hero to get a fleece or something. But I just feel like that trade would have happened. If it could have, it would have been done by now. Um, saying that, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really have any inside information on the teat this year at all. Uh, I would personally like Harrison Barnes on this team. Harrison Barnes shoots uh, 91. He's in the 91st percentile from above the break threes, which is our most common shot that we take. Mm-hmm. He would fit that role next to uh, Jimmy and Bam as a floor spacer while also providing pretty good lateral defense, which is our biggest problem. We don't have a four that can play different schemes. Um, we can get some zone out of Kelly every now and again, but in the pick and roll, he's basically picked on. If there's an athletic four, they pick on him. So I, I know Harrison's undersized for the position. I know our defense won't get too much better with him, but what he offers us offensively, I like a lot. But that's not a one move. The thing is that people hear me say Harrison Barnes and they go, well, that doesn't do shit for me. That doesn't fix the team. Well, then you have to go and make a second move with the rest of the depth. So you have to go get a ball handler that can uh, defend point of attack. And it's the, the issue is: Are we going to be able to put these moves together and still have a cohesive team? And that that would be a, that would be one Lonzo Ball. Well, yeah, right. But then that Lonzo Ball is like legitimate. You're going to have to give up an asset for him. So you, you so don't I, think I, Tyler cool. is probably no, I'm, moving? No, I'm cool with giving up an asset for Lonzo. I would be cool with that. I would so be like, cool with an for Lonzo. in a hypothetical situation, right? Let's do this because I've been taught. I've been doing this with. Uh, uh, Kyle Lowry and Lamarcus Aldridge, but let's do it with Lonzo and Harrison Barnes. All right. If you if you have to take Duncan and move Duncan for picks, because I, I feel like the team's more willing to move Duncan because they have less control in future years than they do Tyler. So you trade him for picks. Yeah. You send picks and filler. So one first round pick and filler, which could be Kelly or Iguodala, and then uh, either one of those guys, and then none. Uh, KZ or Precious, one of those two. That's what goes to them for Harrison Barnes. And now you take the rest. Go ahead. All of of that goes. All of that probably goes. Okay. Well, I mean, you would take Iggy, Chris Silva. You take Iggy, Nunn, and Precious or KZ. But what about the play? You can can only do four four for one, right? So, yeah, and so we that, would, that would fall within the parameters. So it's four, right? You yeah, can, and I know you can't. I know you can do five for one. You can't do five. You can do four. four. Though, right? Yeah, yeah and in this case, we're doing three with a pick, so it fits. Oh, okay. And yeah. and then and then the other piece for Lonzo would be either whatever the other pick was that we got from Duncan, and then pair it in with the second and the uh, the other half of the depth. So yeah. now we have a team with Lonzo, Jimmy. Tyler, Harrison Barnes, Bam, uh, 
probably Iguadala or KO. One of them would be left, I'd assume. Ooh. Yeah, right? Okay. Well, who, right? Who, You're talking- who, who would be going from Lonzo, though? KO, Olenek, and who would go? Who would we go? Who would we trade for Lonzo? So you would send for Lonzo. You okay? You'd have to do filler too. So you would need K- KO and Iggy would you, be gone. You would need him. Yeah, yeah. So KO and Iggy would be gone. So it would be it would be, um, Goran, Goran, Tyler, Jimmy, Harrison Barnes, Bam, Precious, or KZ, whichever one's left. Chris Silva. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and then you'd have to fill out the team. But oh. even that nine right there is so much better than the nine that we have. I right was now. just listening to that bench, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's the, gonna be the tough." Star, the starters sound amazing, but our bench you, sounds straight and duty. It sounds bad, but you have on the free agency wire. You have Ursan Eliasova, Shabazz Napier, um, uh, I like Isaiah Thomas. Them. I like both of them. I like yep. I like all three of them. I like you IT. Could, I wish somebody would get out. IT got his career screwed more than probably one of the biggestly, or biggestly. Isaiah Thomas's career got more screwed than a lot of people. He we was supposed did this to on make, He was supposed to make all that money, man. <laughs> all that money, and then he got the, hurt, man. And yeah, then nobody man. wanted him, and you know. And then he got hurt again, and then he, he was supposed to make like twenty-eight million dollars the next year, and then got hurt. And I think he ended up making like. And Lonzo's a great piece because he's this defensive uh, killer, right? So you have enough of an offensive player. This goes back to what I talked about earlier where it's like sometimes you're taking defensive trade-offs for offensive trade-offs. And Lonzo's one of those guys that we could really uh, take and fit into the team. So I like him. I would be more than happy with Lonzo Ball as long as it came with a four. I don't care if they're good or bad. I know you don't like P.J. Tucker, but I'll take Lonzo and P.J. Tucker. We just need two pieces, and we have to fill that out the best we can. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I like Lonzo. Lonzo brings stuff to both sides of the ball. He's a, he's a, he's a, I wouldn't call him maybe a true, true point guard, but he's a, he's a point guard that can play. He's very smart, uh, knows the game well. Uh, makes good decisions, plays good defense. He's a good team player. Uh, I, I I like him a lot as a player on whoever whatever team he's on. But I would really like to see him be a part of our team. That would be nice. Throw him none. We could throw him none and Kelly and pick. Or, or, you know, mm-hmm. Seems to be the thing. Will, will they will they take Kelly none in a second? Will they do it? Yes, uh, Kelly won't do it. it. Probably has to be first. <laughs> We gotta get assets. So somebody's gotta be moved. I mean, we we do have that one available first round pick. I think from like twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven. I think we actually have a twenty twenty five as well. But again, these picks are so far out; they have no value to these teams. Right, or like, unless you obviously, uh, I think you unlock the twenty twenty five if you unprotect with OKC. Right. Right, and I mean that you'd probably have to in order to get them. I honestly, you could you could offer these and then go pick swap with it and that might that might bring yeah, them in pick swap is a new is the new wave apparently in the nba yeah so yeah that makes sense so anyways but moving forward you know like i said we just gotta trust the godfather and see what the heat decide to do um is there anything else you guys feel like we should talk about oh uh, 
Who's our, who's our next game? I don't want to sound ignorant. I just can't remember off the Utah. top. Utah. Utah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oof. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good matchup for us. I will not be doing any podcast for the Utah game. <laughs> hey, hey, who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe something crazy could happen. Is there uh, is there any word on Hero uh, besides protocol? Is there any like time timeline that he's out? No, nah, and no, and usually no. when it's he was on the court warming up, so that was a he got a positive test. Um, before they went out into the court, because they usually test you that morning, and then they test you before the game. Yeah. Um, so he, he maybe, got a positive test. Maybe not necessarily a positive, but maybe an inconclusive. That oh, yeah. Uh, when I say that, I usually that's usually what it is. Um, those those ones before the game are the I think the quick ones, and uh, th- they're wrong a lot. Like the Nets know that. KD's oh, been positive, yeah. what, like two times in the last month? They pulled him out in the yeah. middle of the game. Like, what did you accomplish with that? I mean, I know it's pro- uh, best to get him out whenever you can, but, like, you really had to get that test, like, right in, in the middle of the game. You might yeah. as well have not played him just to take him out at halftime, like, after a few minutes. So, at least the Heat caught it beforehand because it would have been really frustrating if they would have pulled him after halfway through the first. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but he'll yeah. probably get he'll probably get fined if he has COVID. They're gonna find him after after one scare. <laughs> I could just see Pat finding him for going out or doing something stupid. And then there He's was had- the whole thing with the um, roommate. Like I know everyone got upset about that, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, Katya, why?" And we don't even think it's Katya, but still. Yeah. So, hey. like, <laughs> she, she she got him after two months. She got him. <laughs> got him. He two broke months, the Tyler. Gave him COVID. Two months, Tyler. She didn't Maybe Tyler didn't. already already have COVID though. Like, yeah, uh, I believe like what was it? I want to say during the off season. Or was it? I forgot, but I know he had it. I think it was during the break, during the bubble break, before the bubble, I mean. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I know sometime during the off-season or during the time before we resumed play. So anyways, but yeah, with that being said, do we have anything else or are we ready to call this an episode? Right, the last thing I want to say, just make it clear, make it everybody that can hear me, free Chef Trilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I second that. Free Chef Trilly. Free yes, Austin. That's some messed up stuff, man. That's the heat that's the heat leader, man. They banned our leader. And then uh, also one more thing I wanna bring up. Dwayne Wade, if you're listening to this out there, come on Heat vs. the World podcast, bro. Hey, I'm working on that, Joel. I'm working on that. I'll I'll keep messaging you. I tagged my friend. Um my buddy is like his personal assistant he, he raises his kids and does various random things for me moved with him to cali um but uh I'll, I'll i'll message you about it but we'll see what we can do i'll see if i can at least get in some contact with somebody that is in direct contact with him and we'll see if we can make it happen but i, I really do have uh you know a little bit of in and so we'll see what we can do Thanks, Ex- expect some future people on this. We're gonna, but Joe, between me and you, I got a few people in sports connections down here in Miami. And I live right, I live like ten blocks from the Heat Arena, 
So, like, I if, if I ever need to go anywhere and do anything or like meet anybody, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll, if we can make that happen, that would be epic, man. That, that would be epic. So, if Solomon, if Solomon Hill was still here, he, here he would be on. Yeah, that's what on. I'm thinking. I'm like, it's. I'm kind of mad he's not here anymore because he would have been a perfect um person to be on the spot. But it's like now he's gone. I don't know. I I don't know. And y'all just yeah, y'all just need to watch what you say about Myers. Like I know there was a little Myers slander earlier. That might be a future episode. I think I could get him on. I think you know Myers. If you're out there, we were all playing jokes. We don't feel about you that way. You deserve every penny you get, bro. So because of that, you should come on the episode and maybe donate some money to the pod as well. Maybe like a no. good million at least or whatever. Or I don't know. Well, no, I, mean, spent... I mean, I mean, Marius, you made six million into nothing. So you could just share a million to our podcast and exactly. help us get our word out to Heat Nation. Like, come what? on, Marius. Yeah, dropped... Be a team player. I mean, I know he dropped like eight mil on a new house here in Miami, but you know that's. I mean, still, you know, five hundred thousand is also cool as well, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so if anyways. we get if we get a nice setup and some, uh, you know, some graphics and some chat and get on get on some other platforms, uh, we we can uh we we can see what we could do. I think that would be fun if we could get like other people like guest people or something that have to do with the organization or have like you know connections with something or somebody or at the actual person no, i think that'd be really neat mm-hmm. i don't see why not you yep. we can try we have a we have an army on uh on hate twitter we have an army mm-hmm. that's i don't why... know anybody else's fan base is as strong as us on twitter i don't think so that's me, why me neither yeah, yeah, Me that's neither. why I'm kind of mad Dwayne Wade never responded to my tweet. I'm like, I knew Heat Nation was going to get behind me when I tweeted that thing a few days ago. And even then, he didn't respond. I was like, dang, bro. Like, you you really going to leave me aired like that? <laughs> we'll get him somehow. It's a, it's a, it's a mention, man. He, he's not going to see a mention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... It's just not gonna see it. You got you, you got to do something else. And I mean, he, from a different angle. He was trolling me. I feel like he was trolling me because then he started like responding to peop- some of my mutuals, and he started quoting their tweets. And so I was like, "Wow, you're gonna talk to them, but not to me about getting on my pod? Like you're being petty right now, D Wade. Like please, bro. So Dwayne Wade, if you're if for whatever reason you decide to stumble upon this. You know, let's make it happen, bro. It would be really fun. I promise you. Anyways, with that being said, I feel like we're good. Should we call this an episode, y'all? Yeah, it's good. We had a good little talk. It's positive. We got we got the win. We got the dub. We had mm-hmm. some good conversation about moving forward. And I think think we're going to do okay. So hopefully we come out of this 4-3, and 5-2. And um, and have all our players healthy towards the end of this run, or hopefully towards our next run. Yes, so, sir. Anyways, yeah, this was fun. We should do the video stuff more often. Maybe maybe like on a Twitch or on a something. We could do it a little live if we perfect it well. We will get some little backgrounds. I'll get some better lighting. We have <laughs> some fun. I think it's more fun when you do it with the video. I don't know why. Sure. I just I think it's fun. But yeah, anyways, 
But with that being said, uh, thank you, Jimmy Buckets. Thank you, Mommy Clutch PE. And thank you, Tony Schwartz. Catch him on In the Lane. And with that being said, we'll see you on the next episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we out. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.